0: What is going on? Yerks here. Welcome to another episode of Yerks Talks. How we doing? I feel a lot better today than I did yesterday, man. I don't know what it was. It was just like a weird off day. Thursday, October 22nd. Happy Thursday. October's almost gone. Man, with the COVID with the COVID stuff, the year is just flying by, man. This, this started, what, like March? And we're already near the end of October, start of November. Jesus. Oh, man. Crazy. We had uh, Game 2 of the World Series yesterday. That was pretty neat. The Rays tied it up. We'll get into that. And then also, uh, we got Thursday Night Football tonight, which is, you know, it's going to be a barn burner. (laughs) Giants-Eagles, so we'll preview that game. But we also got my top 10 NFL teams. Remember, we've... uh, we're six weeks gone already in the NFL season. It flies by, man, and it, it doesn't even. It feels like it never says goodbye. It always is just there. It says hello, and then it's gone before you know it. It's it's really it's a damn shame. But yeah, that's how the episode is going to shape out today. You can follow me on Twitter at John Yerks. I need to. I got a social media better, man. I gotta like Find some. Find some like twenty one year olds to like be like, hey, how do I how do I get the clout or like the the views? Maybe I start doing TikTok. No, John, don't sell your soul, man. Don't do that. Uh, You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at York Talks. You follow on Spotify as well and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Feel free to leave a review there if you watch on Apple Podcasts. That would be pretty neat. All right, with all that being said, let's get into it. Let's start with the World Series, Game 2, the Rays. They even the series. They win it 6-4. to four. Two guys for the Tampa Bay Rays. They stepped up in this one and got it done. The first, their second baseman, Brandon Lowe. He, uh, going into this game, he was hitting just over 100, and he would rectify that. A two-home run night for him. Uh, for, uh, he had a solo shot in the first inning, and then a two-run jack in the fifth. And then how about the third baseman, Joey Wendell? Three RBI night for him. He had a two-RBI R- two double along with a sack fly that brought in G-Man Choi. Speaking of Choi, he became the first Korean-born player to get a hit in the World Series, so that's pretty neat. Pretty cool that he was able to do that. Love me some G-Man. <laughs> He's been great. When they won the, uh, the pennant, uh they were like dancing in the dugout it was really cool fun fact so that game was in petco i've been in that dugout that uh, home dugout that's so that's that's pretty cool i was lucky enough to uh, get invited uh with one of my buddies and that was an awesome it was a surreal experience one i'll never forget uh met some players on the padres it was really cool but, yeah, so he was dancing when they won the pennant, and then he was trolling the Astros by, like, stepping on a trash can. It was phenomenal. Love me some G-Man. Hope to see more of him in the World Series. Uh, the Dodgers, they uh, – Chris Taylor in the fifth hit a two-run home run to make it 5-2, to two, and then Will Smith and Corey Seager both had solo shots. Smith in the sixth and then Seager in the eighth. Uh, but – what was I gonna say? The pitching for the Rays was really the difference here. They were able to hold it down. Uh, they would, yeah. The Dodgers pull within four, but that's as close as they would get, you know, or pull within two. Excuse me. Let's talk pitching. I don't know why that was such a weird transition for me, but yeah. So Blake Snell, he was great in this one. Four and two thirds, only two hits, two runs, four four walks, and nine strikeouts, which ties his postseason record. Uh, the razor now. I believe they showed a graphic, and I believe they were either was it was at forty, forty-five. I thought I read it. I read it. I thought I wrote it down somewhere, but I can't find it. I was you know as I was, as I was watching the game, I, the graphic came up, and I thought that I had written it down, but I couldn't find it this morning. I don't know what happened there, but so I'm going to say that they were forty-five and zero. Uh, so now they're forty-six and zero. When they lead through seven innings, right, which is a testament to their great bullpen. Uh, so yeah, Snell got into a little bit of trouble in the fifth, and Nick Anderson came in, uh, you know, shut it down. Uh, he would go a th- one and he would go one and one third, one hit, one run, and two strikeouts. Uh, Peter Fairbanks, has been great for them, he would pitch one and two thirds. Uh, two hits, one run in a strikeout, and then Aaron Loop, the lefty. I think he's going to have a huge part in this series with all the left-handed batters that the Dodgers have. One inning from him and two strikeouts, and then Diego Castillo. He got the last out in the ninth via the K, so he was great for the Dodgers. Uh, Tony Gonsolin started this game. There was this weird—I guess he likes cats or something. If you watch this game, I think it was the top of the second. There's there was like this weird cat thing with gonsolin i don't i think that was maybe like a story that was uh, it was weird man there was like a video of him like pretending he was a cat it was it was very strange to say the least uh he went one on one third gave up the the home run to to low and then after but the main yeah so i mean he was he was okay he got in a little bit of trouble they had to bring in Floro to get him out of that jam. Uh, Dustin May was the story here in this one. One on one third inning, four hits, three earned, only one strikeout. Uh, the two run, his the second home run by Lowe was off of May, and he does this thing when he gives up a is is it a home? It's almost it's any like long ball or like long drive, any ball that's hit that could be a home run. May does this thing when he like shoots out of a cannon and like leaps up into the air and like spins around. And it's super annoying, but it's hilarious when he gives up a home run. So, yeah, he was not sharp. Uh, Kelly came in after him, gave up a run as well. Uh, After that, they were fine. But, uh, yeah, the Rays just – they're going to have to do it pitching-wise, right? I mean, they were lucky enough to get – well, they weren't lucky enough, but their their pitching was great in this one. The Dodgers were 0-6 with runners in scoring position. They left – I believe, yeah, five. They left five on base. Uh, going into this game, the Rays, uh, with runners in scoring position, uh, this postseason, they're hitting just a 184, so under 200 average. It's really bad. Uh, one for nine yesterday, so it didn't get better. They just got they got RBIs when they needed to. Wendell was huge. He got a two-run two RBI, and then the sack fly, of course, um, and then – yeah, like it's just it's just bad, man. They gotta find ways to manufacture offense. You know, um, Randy Arroserena, remember the name, and then actually Manuel Margot, who stole a couple bags in this game. Uh, they they've been carrying the offense, and they just gotta find more pieces. So come on, G man, get another hit. Uh, you know, let's keep it going. Brandon Lowe, he was their best player in the regular season, so hopefully this sparks him. Wendell getting involved was good too. Kiermeyer, who's great defensively, but maybe has done not enough with the bat. He did have a solo shot in game one, so we got to just keep the momentum going. No game today. Remember, we go back to the standard schedule: two games on, one ge- one uh, or two days on, one day off. Two games on. Jesus. Two two days on, one one day off. So that game three will be Friday, and then we'll obviously we'll recap that one tomorrow. All right, let's shift to the NFL. I uh, got some news, a couple stories from yesterday. Uh, so the Las Vegas Raiders, their starting right tackle Trent Brown, and he's been out for a little bit. He I think he came back this week uh, from the bye week. Uh, he got put on reserve slash the COVID list which is bad news, Bears, because uh, John Gruden made the decision, I'm going to just send my entire starting offensive line home. You know, I don't want to take any risks. I want to make sure nobody else tests positive. So they're really, like, you know, being extremely cautious in the situation. Uh, they have the Sunday night football game against the Buccaneers. Now, for those of you that are saying maybe, oh, why are they a Sunday night football game? Well, it's in Las Vegas, number one, and that stadium is gorgeous uh number two the Raiders are not a bad team and I'll go I'll go more into that matchup tomorrow but yeah they're they're not terrible but yeah so it, it, obviously I think Trent Brown will probably miss because he tested positive or he was put on the list I don't know to be put on the list you either have to test positive or you're in contact with somebody who has tested positive so it could be one or the other not sure but, yeah, if, obviously, if their whole starting offensive line has to miss, I mean, that's a terrible situation for the Raiders. And then uh, another story to follow-up from yesterday. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, this, this just stinks, man. So he was benched for Tua, right? And I was talking about how the Dolphins organization, they made it. There was a decision that they made ahead of time. This is always the plan. But the Dolphins are playing extremely well right now. And so there was this quote by uh, – Via Adam Schefter of Ryan Fitzpatrick, and this was him talking about his talking about the decision to start Tua Tonga Uh This is Fitzpatrick. My heart just hurt all day. It was heartbreaking for me. I've been a starter. I've been benched all kinds of different ways, but this one just really, but this one just really more so than any of them. I just felt fully committed, and invested, and I felt like this was my team. This hurts, man. Like I didn't know. This feels like it wasn't a mutual decision, you know, like it, like a decision that Ryan Fitzpatrick was not involved in. Okay. Like I felt like he was kind of like stabbed in the back here. He also went on the Pat McAfee show. He talked about it. Well, like, it's just, it sucks. Kind of like, you know, he talked about like how in a zoom call, right. Where he, like he just, he's now essentially gets fired from his job. And then he has to go into a zoom call where he's face He's talking to the guy who fired him and then, is also in the call with the guy who's going to replace him. So it was just, like, a tough situation for Fitzpatrick. The Dolphins, like I said, they're 3-3 three and three right now. They're on a two-game heater. Uh, this move doesn't make – it didn't make sense to me, right? I, I'm scratching my head. Long-term, right? Tua is the guy. We all know that. But, like, you know, this team is winning right now. You know, you got a winning formula. Everybody loves Fitzpatrick, man. If you've seen – if you've watched any – I mean, you probably haven't, but – if you've watched the Dolphins highlights or seen them play at all this year, they like love Fitzpatrick. All right, like they, this team rallies around him. He's out there laughing, having fun. He gets knocked on the ground; he doesn't give a shit. Like uh, he's been such a great, just character in the NFL for these fifteen years, and it's been phenomenal to watch. And like the team has just kind of rallied around him too. He is definitely their leader. He's a number one guy. And so for him to like have to take a seat here because you want to see what you're you want to like, you know, move on and get your rookie out there, it's a bummer. Obviously Fitzpatrick, he's also been vocal and saying, I want to I want Tua to succeed. You know, he's he's a stand up guy, but again, I just nothing is broken. You know, like you don't like you don't take your car to the sh- like the mechanic if everything's running fine you know like just to mess with it like things are things are going good you don't poke the bear when there's no reason to okay like and i really like Brian Flores a lot their head coach for the dolphins i think he's come in there and this is his second season right and he's established a new culture he's done a great job you know the defense is playing really well but i i, I this is his one move that i really do question because the team is playing really well they're they're contending in that division right it didn't make sense. So best of luck to Tua. I am excited to see him, but after hearing this news and like the quote by and reading the quote by Fitzpatrick, uh, it's just it's just a really terrible situation. All right, a couple more news things here. So the Vikings, they're I guess they're ending their season. They're calling it quits. They just traded defensive end Yannick Ngakwe to the Ravens of all teams, Vikings. Why the Ravens? Uh, They traded him for a third round pick in 2021 and a conditional fifth round pick in 2020. For those of you that don't know what a conditional pick in uh, conditional pick is, excuse me, it's based on performance, right? You got to (laughs) perform, especially in the bedroom, right? Uh, No, (laughs) essentially. When what a conditional pick is is when you trade for a player, you're expecting a certain level a level of production, right? So this season in Gwokwe, in six games, has five sacks, two forced fumbles, twelve tackles, and five of them for a loss. He's been a monster. He's he's been a standout. He sticks out on that terrible Vikings defense. Like he's far and away their best player on defense this year. He's been phenomenal. So. Essentially, like, when the Ravens get him, they want similar production from him. And if they don't get it, then this fifth-round pick could be taken away, right? Or it could get moved to maybe a sixth or seventh-round pick. That's a, that's basically what it means. So, Ngokwe, he is now joining one of, if not the best defense in the league, and now he reunites with his former teammate on the Jags, Calais Campbell. This is where Ngokwe wanted to go the whole time. Uh, there was news about this, and so they finally were able to make it done. For Minnesota, uh, this just makes no sense. First of all, they take a $7 million cap hit for the six games that Ngakwe played. Uh, you, I, you know, you get him from Jacksonville for basically nothing, and poof, he's gone. Only tw- He's only 25 years old. This is a guy that you could probably build your defense around. He's already been a pro bowler. Uh I guess you're in full re- rebuild mode now, like now you're trying to like gather draft picks. I don't get it. They made the playoffs last year. they were in the NFC championship g- or wait. Yeah, they're in the NFC champion wait. Were they? Divisional game. Sorry. Uh yeah, no cuz they beat the Saints and then they beat and the Niners beat them and the Niners beat the Packers. Right. Okay. They're in the divisional or what? God, were they in the shit? Ch- I'm sorry. I have to look this up. Niners. I I want to make sure I get this right. Divisional round, yes, it was the Packers. What am I thinking? Golly. Yes, it was the it was in the divisional round. But yeah, they made the playoffs. It's very interesting. Obviously, the defense has been struggling, but they lost a ton of key players to free agency. You know they had some cap space issues, but they now they have now they take a seven million dollar cap hit. I I just don't I don't know what the plan is, right? Because this offense is great. You know you bring in the rookie Justin Jefferson, he's been a solid uh, one two with with Adam Thielen. I mean I think it looks like they might they they might consider moving on from Kirk Cousins as well. I guess we're in full rebuild mode, which is weird because they have great players on both sides of the ball still, even though the defense is struggling. Uh, Yeah, I just didn't get the move at all. I don't understand. And also, like, why are no other teams coming in for Ngakwa here? Nobody can do better than a third-round pick and a conditional fifth-round pick? I mean, what, you got to give it to the Ravens here? Man, Niners could use this guy. Maybe they weren't even trying to shop with the Niners because they're in the same uh, conference. That could be it. All right, a couple more news here. And this this is um, some free agent wide receiver news. So, Speaking of the Ravens, there's reports that they're going to sign Dez Bryant, former longtime Cowboy. Uh, there was a time where he signed a one-year deal with the Saints, but then he tore his ACL. I think he tore his ACL. He had season-ending surgery. I believe he tore his ACL, and so that never, like, came to fruition. So he's just kind of been doing his thing, but he's talked about – he's been vocal on Twitter being like, I can still play all this stuff like that. And the Ravens, they realize that they need help in that – in you know, on that side of the ball in that position. So it looks like they're going to sign him to their practice squad. And then another guy, oh, man. You love, you, it's a love-hate with this guy, Antonio Brown. Oh, man, we had all the drama last year. So he's been serving his eight-game suspension. Remember, he got suspended those eight games for all of his antics last year, remember, with the Raiders, and then he went to New England, and then, like, all this stuff, he's like, I want my money, and then there's all this other stuff he was like he was kind of he kind of pulled a Kanye West where he was just kind of doing his own thing and so I felt like it was just kind of like mental health issues like I'm not even trying to be like an asshole I think that like there was something you know you could maybe like you could talk about concussions because he's had some very he's taken some very scary hits in his career like that's what it felt like to me all right but it seems like he's been very under the radar been very low-key as of late um so, you know, who knows? He's he's a generational talent, man. I mean, he, I think he could still come in and be the best wide receiver in the league. Like, that's how good Antonio Brown was. If you don't remember on the Steelers, this guy was sensational. Uh, there's a few teams looking to sign him. The front runner is, and of course it is, the Seattle Seahawks, of course. Uh, so in the offseason, there was clips of Russell Wilson and Geno Smith. Geno is the backup quarterback of the, of the Seahawks. Uh, they were... Antonio Brown was catching passes from these guys, right? So like they, they've stayed they've stayed tight throughout the season so far, right? I think there's been text messaging exchanges, things like that, like hey man, come to Seattle when your suspension's over, stuff like that. So if they get him with DK Metcalf and Hot Lockett, Tyler Lockett, I mean, good luck stopping them on offense, man. I, I that would be just insane. I don't know how you'd do it, but. Oh, man, please, please, please just go somewhere else. Because if any team can, this no, again, I thought this last year, right, when the Patriots went and got him, I'm like, well, if any team can, can control Antonio Brown, it's the Patriots. But, so, we've kind of been there before. So, maybe, like, maybe Seattle, like, can't contain him. But I think, like, if, I think he'd want to play with Russell Wilson. I think he, that Russell Wilson has this, like, Russell Wilson just a solid dude, man. Like I, I'll, I, I'll, like, I'll, I'll, like I, I really like Russell Wilson, right? I've said it multiple times now. If he wasn't on the Niners or played for, like, or sorry, Niners. If he wasn't in the NFC West and didn't play for the Raiders, like those two, like the, those two, like criteria were met, I would have Russell Wilson's jersey, right? Even if he was in like Cleveland, I'd wear a brown jersey, like even, you know, like I, I. That's how much I respect, like russell wilson i think he's he's finally getting like the res, like the attention he deserves he's been so he's carried seattle for so many seasons that people are saying like eh, like yeah, i don't know about russell wilson it's like what wh- wh- what like it makes no sense but yeah so pay attention to antonio brown here don't be shocked if so obviously this is week seven week eight after that he's good to go so so, yeah, don't be shocked if you see him kind of – you see news about him kind of filtering out these next couple of days or you see some posts on him after week eight, right, maybe like Monday morning, like start of week nine, maybe see some some Twitter stuff from him. But it seems like he's been pretty, you know, incognito for the most part. All right, that's it for news. Let's get into the top ten teams in the NFL, right? So six weeks gone. It goes by so fast, man. Uh, Winter is coming, all right? And what I mean from that... Uh, God, how, how disappointing was that ending of Game of Thrones? Ugh. Can't get over that, man. Great show for so many seasons, and then the ending. It just felt like rushed and forced. Like, I just... Like, the White Walkers just surrender? Like, you just kill the, 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 the king like that? I mean, I just... Ugh, I digress. And then Cersei dying, like, with her lover? I mean, come on, Game of Thrones. What the hell was that? All right, anyway, winter is coming, though. Alright, it gets really cold in the east. Obviously, West Coast, it like goes down to like seventy and perfect, which is fantastic. It does get a little chilly come like late November, December, where you know you got to wear a jacket. It's like sweater weather, but uh, you know we saw it with the Bills game, right? Snow- like rainy and cold. You know, it's gonna. This is the type. This is the time of year, right? Uh, end of October, November, December. This separates the men from the boys. Okay, the great, the good teams from the gr- the great teams from the good teams. Okay. So we'll start with the honorable mentions. I had thirteen. I haven't moved them. The Las Vegas Raiders. Listen, they they are a couple pieces away from contending in that division. Straight up, I'm not even. I'm, I, I like the Raiders this year, but like if that's that's just the reality, okay. And if you haven't seen the Raiders this this year play, like you should watch them on Sunday night. They've got some solid weapon, like they've got some solid weapons on offense and defense. Now, if their offensive line misses, then like they could get blown out. And Tampa Bay has been playing really good, so it could be a blowout, but I mean I think that it's going to be a really entertaining game on Sunday night. All right. At 12, bang bang niner game. I got the San Francisco 49ers there. Now I am tempering expectations, right? Because they did beat the Rams, but that was a must-win game, okay? They play New England this weekend. I don't know about that, but here's what I do know about the Niners: they are physical. They they do not shy away from contact. All right, they got ballers on both sides. Right, Fred Warner has been sensational for this defense. Okay, he, he might not show up like every like on the stat sheet, but if you just watch the Niners play, if you watch that Sunday Night Football game, Fred Warner is everywhere. Okay, and Jason Verrett has been a godsend. He has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league, straight up, okay? The offense is getting healthy, okay? Another week with Jimmy Garoppolo in there. I'm not sure how his ankle feels this week. I, obviously, you hope it's been it's been better. George, George Kittle has been amazing. You get Debo back in there. Brandon Ayuk, his flash as a rookie so far. I mean, the offense, they do have injuries, though. Mostert is on IR. Uh, they lost their center, Ben Garland. He's on IR, too. So, I mean, there's issues, right? But, I mean, they are a very physical team. They're well coached, and that puts them at 12. All right, at 11, and maybe they should be higher, but at 11, I got uh, Bears. And the reason they're at 11 is because I, I follow this team. They're one of my favorite teams to watch. This defense that the Bears have, it's good enough to win the Super Bowl. Straight up. They're very good. Like, they they are very good everywhere, right? Good secondary, great pass rush. You know, you got Akeem Hicks. Uh, obviously, return of the Mac. There it is. Khalil Mack, he's been having a great season. Uh, you know, they got talent everywhere. Roquan Smith, the linebacker. But the issue, I mean, if you watch, you're going to you, see Monday Night Football against the Rams. If you haven't seen this Bears offense, I apologize that you have to watch it on primetime on Monday. Because it is horrendous, okay? They have been up and down. They can't run the ball at all. Montgomery gets hit immediately when he touches the ball. It's insane. He gets hit in the backfield. Nick Foles has been maybe like a ladder rung up from Mitch Trubisky. Like, it's, you know, it has not been like this amazing, like, oh, my God, Nick Foles has been incredible. He has been meh. Like he's made some good throws, but like he's been okay. He's not been great. He had a terrible pick last week. It was horrendous. But the defense, I mean, what they're able to do to Tampa Bay on that Thursday night football game, that that is a Super Bowl caliber defense right there. And so if if Foles can figure it out right, and like if they can figure out the offense, Matt Nagy's trying everything. Okay, he's trying to throw like do whatever it takes to get the running game going. It's just not happening, man. Uh, But yeah, so they're at eleven. All right, here we go. Top 10. At 10, I got the L.A. Rams. Listen, they had a bad day at the offense against the Niners, okay? That was a game that San Francisco had to win, and they did. They've had two bad games, right? They played the Giants a couple weeks ago. They ended up winning that game, but they looked terrible. Uh, But listen, the defense, I think that they're kind of underrated, okay? Aaron Aaron Donald had a bad game. He just did, okay? Uh, Brunskill for the Niners, he did a great job blocking against them, okay? But they held the Niners to three points in the second half, which is you know something to be a testament to. And if Goff had just been a little bit more accurate, if Cooper Cup hadn't have dropped the touchdown, I mean, the Rams might have won that game. So don't freak out if you're, you know, a Rams fan. Or don't 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 write them off. It's still a really good team. I think they're gonna beat the Bears on Monday. All right, number nine, I got the Buffalo Bills. I'm so concerned about this running game that they have, right? It's non existent. This is a team that I thought that maybe could go in for Le'Veon Bell. I, I you know, I it was kind of like an outside shot, but I thought that they, they could do it because Devin Singletary has been terrible, and Zach Moss hasn't really gotten enough touches for me to like make a a claim on him. Um, it's crazy. I think it's more of like an offensive line thing, uh, which is weird because they have like one of the best pass, like they're one of the best pass protecting lines in the league. Which is, normal, Which is like, it's normally the opposite way, right? Normally, like, if you can, like, normally if you run the ball well, or, sorry, let me back up. Normally, as an offensive line, you can run the ball well, but then you struggle in pass protection. That's normally what it is. It's very rare to have a line that is great in pass protection, but then struggles running the ball. It's normally the other way around, which is just, so it's weird to me that they're struggling running the ball because they've been great in pass protection. Um, also, I, I feel like I've been making excuses for this defense. Here's the reality. They're allowing 28 points a game. Not good enough. I still think that they're better than they've been. I still trust Sean McDermott to figure things out right. Like, he demands more. They have had some key injuries, right? But so does everybody, okay? They got to figure it. They got to tighten it up. All right, at eight, and this is probably the, the biggest drop, uh, the Green Bay Packers. I was I was stunned by that game against Tampa. I, I did not expect that at all It's one of the reasons I didn't start Ronald Jones in that game because I thought that Green Bay was gonna destroy them. I'm talking fantasy uh, so which I lost by three points if you haven't heard um but they got this is becoming a pattern now for Green Bay where they get punched in the mouth early and they cannot respond or they just get like out they like they get like out aggressed like teams are more physic like if there's phys- teams that are more physical than them, then, like, they can't come back from that. And so, like, for me, like, I, like I'm like I very concerned about Green Bay because, like, if they fall, like, this can't happen. They're too good of a team. They're too well coached. They have Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's crazy that this keeps happening for them. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, though, there was a stat that I read this, uh, this week. He has a losing record if he's ever trailing in a game. You're thinking like, oh, if he's down in the fourth quarter, no, like, ever. It, like, say he's down in the first quarter, losing record. He's only winning. He only wins forty three percent of his games when he's losing or trailing at all in a game, which is insane. And it like after that that second interception he threw on last last week, he just gave up. It looked like he just like he stopped throwing the ball deep. He was like, all right, I can't make any more mistakes the offense just, like, like grinded to a screeching halt. It, w- it was really bad. Um, just to compare that, that 43% number, so a couple of guys, so Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, uh, they're around, like, 64 63%. Jimmy Garoppolo, for those of you that hate on him, he's at around 60%. Uh, so, yeah. Also, another crazy stat that I was looking up, and I've seen this one before, but he has a 500 record on the road. 47 wins, 47 losses. You'd think somebody like Aaron Rodgers would have a better record on the road, but he doesn't. It's So he's great at Lambo, Obviously, we know that. And there's obviously been games on the road where he's been sensational. But, yeah, only 500 on the road. Crazy to me. I thought that it would be way better. But it is not. So, yeah, I – currently right now and I, I don't know what would have to happen for me to change this but I don't trust Green Bay at all I think that they're pretenders because once again they had a chance to address their needs in the draft this year and they go and draft a quarterback that's not gonna play for like two three seasons and then a running back in the third round when you have Aaron Jones you don't address your defense at all and it seems like that they need to have like they have to be playing from ahead they can't struggle and if they play teams that will like run the ball down their throat, or like get pressure on them, or like out aggress them, make them feel uncomfortable, it seems like they can't handle that pressure. All right, at seven, I got the New England Patriots, and I'm falling on them fast. Uh, so last week, though, I that I think that was a fluke loss. Okay, they're still a good team. Okay, but let me let me let me go into detail here. So they had offensive line issues last week. Their two starters got put on the COVID slash IR like reserve list. So they had to jumble things around. They already have a rookie in there, so that made things difficult. And Denver, like, they have a really good defense, right? It's almost, it's what could have been with Denver this year, okay? Uh, they're they're probably, like, two, two seasons away from, I think, really making a splash in the NFL. But, yeah, their defense is still really good. Vic Fangio knows what he's doing. But the, my concern here is, like, they don't have any wide receivers on offense. They have no deep threat. They have really, like, no number one wide receiver, okay? Nikhil Harry... He seems like he's a bust, okay? Like, he can't separate. It looks bad. Uh, Julia Edelman, who I love, he he has, I think he's tied first for the most drops in the league. He's playing hurt, straight up. He is not 100%. He's playing injured because he feels like he, like, I think they need him to because their wide receivers have been so bad. Their tight ends, they've, I guess, been okay pass blocking, but they don't have a Gronk. They don't have a, a solid tight end weapon. Uh, Demir Bird, they their... Um, Another wide receiver. He's a number three wide receiver at best. That's what he can give you. Um, this is going to have to be one by – I mean, it's not a shocker, but they're going to have to win games by playing great defense, right? It's not – that's what the Patriots have to do. That's kind of been their MO for the last three, four seasons. But this rests on Cam Newton's shoulder, right? And he looked terrible passing the ball. And his defense, like, there is no one, okay? Like, it's – It's very hard for him, but they're going to have to run the hell out of the ball. It's going to be on Cam Newton's shoulders. I think he can bury the. I think he can do it. I think you know Bill Belichick will like tend like he'll have to like get more, even more out of his defense. I mean, to be like he held the the Broncos to eight to, to six field goals. All right, I mean that's pretty good. I mean, if your offense can't score again, I mean Denver's defense is good, but they're not like you know, brick wall, you can score on them. It just shows that like with the offensive line issues, right? I, I I think last week, like I said, I think it was a fluke, but long-term this, uh, they, I think if they could sign Des Bryant or like, if they can make a trade for a wide receiver, they should do it because yeah, this is, a if you can stop the Patriots running game, they are screwed. All right. At six, I got the Tennessee Titans. Mike Vrabel's been outstanding, their head coach. I was really impressed when they beat the Bills uh, having those two weeks off with the COVID stuff. Um, they, they, they won a close one last week against Houston. Now, I still don't trust this defense, okay? I, I really don't. I think that, like, yeah, I just I, I think that their offense, like, you look at their offense a lot and you're thinking, like, wow, their offense is so good. I think the defense has kind of gotten a free pass these past couple of weeks. Uh, but I was completely wrong about Ryan Tannehill. I completely missed the mark there. I thought he was going to regress. He has been sensational since leaving the Adam Gase uh, black hole, which I don't know how you leave a black hole, but he did it. He forced his way out. Uh, He's playing at a Pro Bowl level right now. Ryan Tannehill has been sensational. Uh, And then another fun stat with the Titans, when Derrick Henry rushes for over 100 yards, this team is undefeated. So they know who they are. They know they do well. Ryan Tannehill is balling out. Mike Vrabel, I love their head coach. He's been great in the close games this year, making great decisions. Uh, they, they, they're finding ways to win, and that's what good teams do, okay? The defense did not play well against Houston. I still don't trust them, but they found a way to get into that game. Now, Houston, if they kick the extra point and make it an eight-point game, like who knows if the Titans get a two-point conversion there. But still, they're finding ways to win. Derrick Henry is the king. He is a god among men. And, yeah, I like this team a lot. They're a lot of fun to watch. Uh, they have they did have a huge loss, though. Their left, their left tackle, Taylor Lewan he is out for the season. He tore his ACL. So that could be a big deal because they run to the left a lot. Uh, Derrick Henry, that, that 94-yard touchdown run, left side, strong side. All right? So something to pay attention to long-term. All right, at number five, and I want to put them at, like, two. I've been very high on Pittsburgh this year, so they're at five for me, but I've been cautious, okay, because we know what they do against teams that they're better than. They kick the shit out of them. Now, they did have a scare, though, against Philly, which kind of, like, made me pause. But I I love Pittsburgh this year. I think that they're really good. So Big Ben, I think he's playing great. Uh, kind of Pro Bowl level, honestly. Maybe not that high, not as good as Tannehill, but that, that's going to be a great game this weekend. Titans steelers that should be phenomenal but um speaking of phenomenal their defense ever since getting minka fitzpatrick that trade for them has been fantastic how good has it been john well uh well audience <laughs> since the trade in week three so week three of last year they made that trade for fitzpatrick from the dolphins this defense is second in points allowed since that trade so since 2019 week three they're second in points allowed, first in yards per game allowed, first in yards allowed per play, first in turnovers, and first in sacks. Disgusting. Okay, Fitzpatrick has been phenomenal. He's the Fitzmagic, okay? He's a consistent Fitzmagic. He has been insane. They've been able to run the ball well in offense. They have a great wide receiver core, the rookie Chase Claypool. A lot of fun to watch. Um, their offensive line has been good despite some of the injuries they've had. Like I said, Big Ben has been playing well. I love this team. I think they're really good. Now the test is this week is these next two weeks. Okay, they have Tennessee this weekend at home, and then they have the Ravens. So we'll see if they're if they're undefeated through those next two weeks. They might be the number. They might be like number two in the like in the league as far as like top on my, my top ten at least. But like they're they're really good. That's the only question mark I have with them is like, can they do it against the top of the top teams? Because we know that they can beat the teams that they're better than, but can they, in like even competition, can they like blow out a Tennessee or can they like dominate a Baltimore Raven, a division rival? That'll be a huge test. I can't wait for those next two games. All right, number four, I got the Buccaneers. Now this was dominating against Green Bay. I mean, these are games that stick with you, right? There's a couple games this year that kind of stick with you. That game last week is one of them. Their linebackers. This might be the most talented linebacker core in the league. Devin White, Shaquille Barrett, Levante David. They are all just like they're all filthy. they're, They're quick. They fly all over the field. It's like having three Fred Warners out there. It's not fair. They're very good. Their rookie safety, Antoine Winfield Jr., he has been great as well. Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator. Excellent job. You saw this kind of the end of last year. You saw that Tampa Bay defense getting a little bit better. To be fair, they, they they weren't bad last year. It's just like when Winston throws 30 interceptions, you're gonna have a lot of short fields on defense that you have to defend and try to hold people to field goals and touchdowns. And when you're consistently doing that over like a 16 game span, that's tough to do. So they were better than they looked last year because of Winston's because of all of Winston's mistakes. <laughs> Fun thing about Todd Bowles, by the way, if you don't remember, he was the Jets' head coach, and he didn't get a fair shake. And so now look at where the Jets are. It, it always circles back to the Jets somehow. I mean, they're just such a dumpster player, man. It's terrible. Uh, the offense, obviously, for Tampa, they continue to get better. They've been running the ball really well with Ronald Jones. He's looked great. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, they're coming back. They're getting healthy. The O-line is improving as well. The rookie, Tristan Worms, he's finding his groove now after having uh, you know, a bad week. Against the Chargers, he's finding his way. Or a bad couple of weeks, actually. He had one bet against the Bears and Khalil Mack. Obviously, that's a tough matchup. And then um, against the Chargers, they have a good defensive line as well. Gronk is now getting involved, too. That's very scary. So, yeah, look out for Tampa. At number three, I got the Baltimore Ravens. And honestly, I want to put them lower. I really do. So I'll start with the defense, though. This is nasty. Now, now you add Glockway to that defensive line, that's very scary. But Philly managed to get back into that game. I think that was more about Carson Wentz being a stud, but still kind of concerning. Um, here's the problem with the Ravens. This is why I want to put them lower. They are 31st in passing yards per game. 31st. It's really bad. Uh, Lamar Jackson this year has only had one game where he's thrown over 200 yards. One. And that was against Houston, and he threw 204. Last week he only completed 59% of his passes against the Eagles, and the week before that, only 51% of his passes. He's completing only 63% of his passes on the season, which I mean it's not terrible, but for Lamar Jackson, reigning like MVP. I this like it's very concerning. Because if this team can't run the ball and they get down early in games, or they're trailing late, right? Like two-minute drive kind of situation where they need to score quickly. I am very, like, I'm very concerned with this team because we've seen what that looks like already, and it was not pretty. They got their shit kicked in by Kansas City. They got absolutely destroyed. Lamar Jackson looked terrible. You know, they went away from the running game. They felt like they, felt like they had to go away from the running game. They felt like they had to pass it. They had to sling it and he was abysmal in that game. And so I think you see that's why they're trying to get Dez Bryant, right? I said that they'd have to make a move before the deadline. They, um, This team, along with the Patriots, they have to get another wide receiver in. They have to do it. If they're seriously considering, if they really want to contend this year, they have to do it. And so Des Bryant, is he going to be the answer? I have no idea, but you need help, all right? Hollywood Brown, I love him. I think he's great. But outside of him, you have Mark Andrews, who – is not he's not George Kittle he's not Kelsey okay he's not a, he's not a yards after the catch guy all right but he's a, he's a touchdown machine which is great so if you get into the red zone he's phenomenal if you need a third down on the spot he's great but you need another guy in that offense Willie Sneed's not going to do it Boykin no like you need another like established wide receiver one or wide receiver two and like those guys are not going to do it I like Hollywood Brown I don't think he's number one currently maybe you bring in Des Bryant see how it goes. They were a team that I thought would go really hard for Stephon Diggs. I'm surprised they didn't go as hard as they they did. Or they didn't draft a wide receiver um, in... Did they draft a wide receiver in the draft? I thought they were a team that could draft a first-round wide receiver. Honestly, because they were so talented everywhere. But they went with J.K. Dobbins, which is fine. But I thought maybe a wide receiver there instead of J.K. JK Dobbins would have been better. So, well, well, I don't know, man. But I... I am very concerned. They're on the bye this week, so we don't get to see them play. But against the Steelers in a, in Week 8? Oh, wait. Did that game get moved? No, 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 no. Against the Steelers in Week 8. I think that that could be a very, very telling game for Baltimore. If the Steelers can stop the run, which they have done. They just showed that they could do it against Cleveland. And if they force Lamar to throw, it could be a very long day for Baltimore. It could look similar to the Chiefs. So, yeah. They're at three right now because the defense has been great, and Lamar's been getting it done. Other ways, right? He had, he was rushing the ball right. They've been able to run the ball well. But I'm very like as far as like because I think for me, my top five is like Super Bowl contenders. Okay, I think the top ten they're all playoff teams. The honorable mentions are kind of like on the fridge in the hunt for the playoffs, in my opinion. And then my top five are Super Bowl caliber te- Super Bowl caliber teams. So, like, with the Ravens, I that is my biggest concern is that, like, they, if, if they are down in games, they won't be able to pass their way out of it, right? Or if you get them in – just watch them in, like, a third and long. It looks terrible. It, like, you know, it's, it's really bad. So, yeah, they're at three, though. All right, number two, in Russell Wilson, I trust. It's the Seattle Seahawks. Now, you're saying, like, John, they didn't even have a game. Why? How are you moving them up? Well – I don't want to freak out, okay. I don't want to move Tampa to number two because they had a really good game against the Packers, okay. Like I don't want to have like drastic changes in my uh, rankings. So I move Seattle up because I don't trust the Ravens' passing offense. You know, I think that they're beatable, right? I think that the, the Seattle's offense has done a lot more things. You can run the ball. I think you're going to see that more come winter time. You're going to see Seattle probably run the ball more. That's my, you know, that's my take. That's what they always do. Right, they've they've always been a run first team. Now they're kind of letting Russell Wilson cook because they kind of have to because the defense has been so terrible and the offensive line stinks. So it's just like, all right, Russell Wilson, here you go. But uh, you know, come December, come playoff time, they're going to run the ball more. I guarantee it. So yeah, let's talk about that defense for a second because they are terrible, one of the worst defenses in the league. However, they do have guys like KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner, Shaquille Griffin, and Jamal Adams. Okay. And those guys don't suck, okay? They're very good. And another thing that Seattle always tends to do, and this is what the great teams do, they just find ways to win. And then more often than not, you know, Pete Carroll will dial up a defensive scheme that either gets a turnover, right, when they have to have it, or they'll get a stop when they have to have it, right? And then Russell Wilson, the comeback master, the comeback guru, if you will, he does Russell Wilson things, and, you know, he he, he, he squeezes out games with them, right? Uh, they have – remember I talked about that record, I believe – was it last week? Or they're now like – was it last week? It might have been last week. Uh, I said that they're like 14-2 and two in one score games, and that's all Russell Wilson, right? It's him just finding ways to get it done, and so that's what he does. Um, yeah, I mean, despite their defensive shortcomings, Russell Wilson is – like, my MVP so far this season, and if they get Antonio Brown, you know, after week eight, I mean, God, how do you stop the offense? You know, all you have to do, I mean, if you score more points than the other team, then it doesn't matter. (laughs) Like, you know, at the end of the day, like, if you win the game, like, who cares if you have a shitty defense? Seahawks don't, and they're at two. All right, and that number one, no surprise, Kansas City Chiefs, they've been my number one team all year. I think that they're more terrifying when they're running the ball, honestly. I like If they're able to establish a, a ground game like they had to against Buffalo, well, they didn't have to, but that was the M.O. in that game, right? Whoever runs the ball better is going to win, and Kansas City destroyed Buffalo on the ground, and they won that game. Now, it was kind of close because Kansas City's defense over these past few weeks, they've shown that they're able to be, uh, be scored on, right? If Josh Allen had played a little bit better, I mean, that game might have been closer, right? It might have came down to a game-winning field goal or something like that, okay? But Josh Allen struggled, obviously, in the weather, and then also accuracy was not great. A couple of missed chances, too, in that game. But um, I think if the Chiefs establish themselves kind of, if they take a similar game plan to the Niners, I think that they might be unbeatable. Straight up, like I, if if they're able to run the ball, like top ten in the league, and have Mahomes back there with all those weapons, Hill, uh, and Hill, Kelsey, uh, Robinson, you know, getting Le'Veon Bell, Clyde edwards alaire that that one two punch. Now you got uh, people have been saying thunder and lightning, but I mean, if they're a run first team with Mahomes, I mean, whole, I mean, the ceiling is they don't have a ceiling. Like, that's what's so insane. Like, that's what makes – I think that's one of the things that makes the Niners very scary, right? Is because, like, you know, like, you're, you're, like, so worried about stopping the run, stopping the run, stopping the run. And then it's like, oh, shit, they have George Kittle. You know? Or, like, last year it's like, oh, man, they have Emmanuel Sanders. Or it's like, oh, man, they have Debo. Oh, like, watch out for the rookie. Like, he can make stuff happen too, you know? It's like, so – if, like, the Kansas City Chiefs have that dynamic where it's like, oh, man, like, we got to stop the run. Le'Veon Bell is killing us, or Clyde Clyde Edwards-Alaire is killing us, like, oh, man. And then it's like, oh, God, what about Travis Kelsey? Oh, my God, like, the deep ball of Tyreek Hill or Robinson. It's like, ah, or, you know, it's like, damn, how do we beat them, right? So if if they become more... Now, it's not Andy Reid's MO. It's not what he does, okay? I think that was the most... Run attempts that uh, Andy Reid offense has ever done. But I think that, like, if they are able to establish a run game and, like, be a run first offense, I think Kansas City might be unbeatable. But I don't think, I don't see that happening. I think that Andy Reid likes to air it out. He likes to play action. But we'll see because I think that if he's smart, and Andy Reid is, okay, don't be fooled by the face guard week one where he was, <laughs> it was all steamy. He's figured that, that, That's safe to guard out, okay? He's a smart man. Won a Super Bowl last year. If they become a run-first offense, I don't know how you beat this team. Because I think Steve Spagnola, defensive coordinator, will do enough. I think that the pass rush will get home more often than not. Um, That was kind of the issue against the Bills. Josh Allen, very mobile, and and they weren't able to bring him to the ground. And that was kind of like the big difference in that game. That's why the score was so close. Yeah, I I think if they become a run-first offense that they will – it's very hard for them to lose. Very hard. Especially with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, how good he looked uh, last week – or no, how good he looked on Monday, and then bring Le'Veon Bell into that. If Le'Veon Bell is the Bell that we knew in in Pittsburgh, oh, man, so scary. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, that is my top ten, though. Let me know what you think if you can't, you know, either via text or... God, I got to start YouTube, man. I really do. All right. Thursday Night Football. If you have tips on YouTube, too, I'd love some insight, man. Because I don't... I've looked up some stuff. I, I'll have to tinker with it again this weekend. Um, But, yeah, any any tips for, like, starting a YouTube would be great. Like, if, like, as far as, like, what I need, if there's, like, software I need or things like that. I think YouTube has their own editing, but it's very, like kindergartner level like it's like it's it's not very in-depth so but i'll I'll take another look all right quickly here thursday night football we got the one and five giants taking on the one four and one eagles two powerhouses in the nfc west (laughs) philly is a four and a half point favorite let's start with injuries as we always do we'll start with new york so wide receiver sterling shepherd good he's off the ir he's active for this game he's probably going to be limited though so look out for that. Uh, safety Adrian Colbert is out, and quarterback Darnay Holmes is questionable. For Philly, I mean, what's new? They have injuries. So tight end Zach Ertz, he's on IR. He's going to miss four to six weeks. If you have Ertz in fantasy, uh, this, is a go- this is a gift for you because he's been abysmal. So now you can put him on your IR and go find somebody else. Uh, here's who's out for Philly. Right tackle Jack Driscoll, running back Miles Sanders, Wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey, defensive tackle Malik Jackson, and their safety Kayvon Wallace. Here's who here's who's in making his 2020 season debut. Wide receiver Deshaun Jackson, right tackle uh, Lane John Lane Johnson. He's back. He he might still be banged up. I think he's playing through an injury here. If he if he's I think he's gonna be playing through an injury. Uh, middle linebacker Duke Riley and cornerback Avante Maddox. Here's the deal. Eagles should win this game. Fly Eagles, fly. That's my pick. They've battled these last two weeks. Carson Wentz has looked really good despite the results. right? I know he threw two interceptions two weeks ago. I believe he threw one last weekend against the Ravens. He might have thrown two again, honestly. But he's doing this with lawn chairs, with Travis Fulgham. That game was over in Baltimore. They scored 22 points in the fourth quarter. And If they had not made such a terrible two-point conversion call, that game might be going to overtime. All right, so he's played really well. If you're going to watch this game, and you should because I don't think there's really anything else on tonight, no baseball, basket hoops is done. I don't know. Maybe there's, like, golf or, like, NASCAR, if you're into that, if you're into watching left turns for a couple hours. I don't know. So, yeah, there's a night football. It's football. Watch football, okay? Okay. These teams are going to be competitive. It's a division game. I think Carson Wentz, even with lawn chairs, right? Travis Fogum, no, no disrespect, but I mean, this is a guy that was on multiple practice squads, multiple teams in the span of like a few months. Okay, but he's making it work. Uh, the Eagles' defensive line also has been solid this year. Uh, they've they are fourth in sacks on the season with twenty one. I uh, do you want to shout out though the Giants' defense. They have actually been playing really well. They've gotten better every week. They're 12th on the seat. They're the 12th best team when it comes to yards allowed per game. Um, they're eighth best against the run. This is a good team. I think Joe Judge has done a really good job on that side of the ball. Uh, you need more consistency from Daniel Jones, which is hard because he's all on his own. He's like Sam Darnold. Uh, he hasn't had his weapons. I, I don't. He's yet to play a season. Now obviously it's the second season. But, like, I think he's only played, like, four games in his career with all of his – maybe maybe a little bit more. Like, six games in his career with all his weapons. I'm talking, like, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram, uh, Slayton. All of those guys being healthy at the same time. I think he's only been, like, six games. All right. This team can't run the ball. They're 31st in yards per game. Or, no, the 31st in total yards per game and the 30th in rushing yards per game. Daniel Jones leads the team in rushing with 204 yards. I mean, he's all on his own. The offensive line stinks. I think the Eagles front is going to get pressure. They'll probably force a mistake out of Jones. Remember, Darius Slay is going to be back in there. for the e- Darius Slay, Eagles, bet really good corner that they got from the Lions in the offseason. I think it might force Jones into a mistake. Maybe Jones will fumble. That's, that's like, his biggest, like, Issue is that he freaking fumbles too much. But anyways, I think Philly is gonna win this game. But look, but pay attention to the Giants, alright? Their defense has not been terrible. Uh, their corner is it Bradbury? I had this up earlier and I should have wrote it down. I think it's Bradbury. Is it James Bradbury? Yeah, James Bradbury. Their cornerback. He's been sensational he's been he's been pro bowl level he's been very very good for them so he might draw travis fulgum so he could shut down Fogum in this game like i said the defense has been solid but offensively that's where they've really struggled their lines stinks daniel jones like i said he's on an island he's all by himself i think the eagles front will get pressure they'll probably get sacks in this game force a fumble or an interception i think wentz is going to shine Hopefully, because I have been praising him a lot these past few weeks. So, yeah, now you get to see it in primetime. There's no football. Tune into this game. It should be a good one. But, yeah, Eagles win. Fly, Eagles fly. I think they're also going to win the division. I mean, I don't trust the Cowboys, but God, what a joke the NFC West is, man. One of these teams is going to host a playoff game. And that doesn't, like, if that sits well in your stomach, like, you got a problem, man. Like, that, that should leave an awful taste in your mouth. And it does for me. But, yeah, Eagles roll in this one. And, uh, yeah, they should. They'll cover the four and a half, in my opinion. All right, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate all the love and support that I've gotten. Uh, It's been really cool, man, really cool to see. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep grinding. Got to find out that YouTube thing, man. I feel like I've been putting in a lot of time and effort into this. You know, there's been some hiccups, right? Uh, We've had some, like, family stuff we've had to deal with, things like that. And I wasn't feeling too hot. Like, as of late, I haven't really been getting enough sleep. I think I've just been in my head too much, right? I think I'm trying to, like, do too many things at once instead of, like, kind of, like, taking them one at a time and going boom, 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 right? So I think anybody who's still listening has been, like, patient throughout this process. And I'm going to keep trying to get better at this. Or I, no, I'm not going to keep trying. I am going to get better at this. YouTube is coming, and I can't wait for that. Um, Football Friday Tomorrow don't miss that episode that's my favorite episode of the week to do. I love doing the previews I love making like the bets and like I love making picks and bets now I think it's gonna be phenomenal uh, With all that being said though thank you so much for listening share it if you like if, if you felt like somebody else oh my god <laughs> feel free to share it if you think somebody else would enjoy it man I'm struggling at the end here. Good Lord wrap it up John. All right, thank you so much. Have a good rest of your Thursday. Go watch some sports. Boo, Dodgers, boo. And I will see you in the next episode.